Hey guys, what's up? This is the Bushido Cafe episode 13. And today I'm going to be calling what I call the three pillars of health. Um, pillars is just a term I'm using because it sounds cool. Um, and it gets the point across. If you want to think of it as like the basics, the foundation, the base, um, basically this is um, how I think of the way to take care of my body in the most simplified way. And it's something that I've been wanting to cover um, for a while now, just because I think it really simplifies things because there's so much information out there these days, whether it's regarding uh, exercise or food or, you know, plant-based is meat bad for you recovery. How much sleep do you need this and that? Um, and I think it's really kind of an issue of like information overload and so I'm not going to be necessarily providing any information that isn't already out there. I'm not a doctor. So um, there's plenty of people out there that are doing, you know, impressive studies and work. And, um, you know, that's not really my place to provide that. But what I do hope to provide is basically a simplification of all the ideas out there and the way that I think of it. And, um, Basically, it's, it's a way to make sense of some of this information and know like, okay, well, how important is this? You know, how much do I need to be walking and how much sun, sun should I be getting? And um, what if I only have an hour? Should I spend that, um, you know, stretching or lifting or doing another thing? Or, you know, what's more important? Is it to move or to sleep or this and that? Um, so yeah, that's basically what I'm going to get into today. I don't think it's going to be a very long podcast because, um, each of these pillars, I'm going to want to do a deep dive in further on. So basically today is just going to be kind of like an introduction to the topic and then, um, also going to be doing them in Spanish. So don't want it to be too long because I have to turn right around and, and do a second one after this. So the longer it is, it's basically double that time. So just going to get right into it. The three pillars of health and the way that I think of it is one movement and exercise, basically like what you're doing or how you're moving your body on a day-to-day -day basis. Number two is your nutrition or your diet, basically what you're putting into your body, the fuel that you're giving it to be able to do the things that you do with your body. And then the third one is going to be rest or recovery. And that is basically what you're doing or maybe not doing to allow your body or help your body to recuperate from the things you're doing. So jumping into the first one, I basically want to uh, approach these basically from a first principles approach. Uh, I don't know how many people are familiar with that. That's something that I've been hearing probably within the past year, but it's basically approaching a topic uh, as if you knew nothing. And or I should say, this is how I understand um, a first principles approach. Uh, it's basically approaching a topic as if you knew nothing and, um, you know, using logic and reason and deductive reasoning and looking at the data, not that data is everything, but something that we should be looking at, you know, and then kind of building from there, what makes sense. So in terms of movement and exercise, um, I'll start out with one really simple, I don't know if a mnemonic is the right word for it, but a really simple idea that my mom explained to me and it's basically like stre stretching strengthening and striking so basically stretching is like moving your body moving your muscles through their 
and muscles and joints through their full range of motion. Strengthening is going to be, you know, putting them under load. So that can be anything from like air squats, which is, you know, it's putting it under your body's load to, you know, powerlifting, Olympic lifting, stuff like that, where you're putting an external load on your body. So anything from calisthenics to, um, uh, your typical like, uh, lifting. And then the last one is striking, which you can think of that as, you know, running versus swimming. So running, um, you're striking the ground, you know, you're, you're hitting the ground over and over again. And that is going to have a lot of, a lot of things related to bone density and all sorts of different stuff. Like I said, I'm not a doctor and I'm going to do a deep dive and it's also going to be a learning process for me, which is really cool. So, you know, you can contract the, contrast the idea of running with swimming, which um, is zero gravity. And that has its own beauty to it. You know, if you're injured or uh, maybe for uh, people that are older, their bones maybe can't handle some of that heavy striking anymore. Um, swimming is, can be a great activity, but at the same time, striking is really necessary. So I don't know if you've ever heard of um, swimmers where they will be maybe elite swimmers or people that are really good swimmers and they have a lot of cardio, but then they go run and you see their, uh, their bone structure, they just can't take it. They'll get shin splints, um, micro fractures, stuff like that, because their, you know, their, their lungs and their, their heart and all that is conditioned to be able to process a lot of oxygen and, you know, they have good cardio, but they don't necessarily have the other adaptations that are necessary to be good runners or things like that. So I just wanted to start off with that, um, kind of stretching, shaping, striding. I really like that. And it's a really simple way, uh, uh, breaking down movement and exercise. But when I talk about movement uh, or exercise, this category, this first pillar, it's really going to be anything people think of sports, fitness, um, cardio, endurance, running, stuff like that, strength training, lifting, weight training, hypertrophy, stretching. Um, that is also going to be maybe it, it, some of these categories, they kind of have overlap. So stretching, depending on its use, I have a 30 minute stretching routine that I do every day, which I really love and find very beneficial. Um, but that for me is more of a rest recovery, um, um, activity versus someone else who maybe they're very active in yoga and you're doing Ashtanga, some of these more, um, uh, pretty intense and challenging types of yoga that can be, um, that can be its own form of movement, um, or it is its own form, uh, for sure. So that's kind of what I'm talking about here. Uh, a lot of these things, a lot of these pillars, uh, I was just looking at, uh, Dr. Andy Galpin. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He is someone I encountered on the Huberman, Huberman Lab podcast. I think he's been on there several times now. But in my experience, it looks like they give like really good stuff, at least in his interviews with Andrew Huberman. It's been like really good stuff. And it's a lot of like no BS. They give you actionable items backed up with like real data. And um, it's something that I would highly recommend if this episode interests you, that is like my first resource that I would go to. I'll link it in the show notes at the end for people to go check out that, but he identifies what he called seven modifiable variables. So at the end of the day, a lot of what you're exercising, it's going to be with the specific goals. Uh, obviously, you know, we want to be healthy and live well and be protected from, uh, injury in our day to day. And I think we all have that as a general goal, but also we're all going to have different goals. Maybe it's you're a runner and you want to do triathlons or this, that there's a million reasons why people train and these seven modifier modifiable variables are really what you can do to achieve your desired, your desired ap adaptation, achieving your desired adaptation. 
So that's basically training to meet your goals and adaptations, which is then going to lead to performance and enable you to do the things you want, whether it's to run a certain speed for a certain distance, being able to jump as high as X, Y, Z, or, you know, for me in jujitsu, a lot of my training outside of jujitsu is really about facilitating, whether that's cardio or injury prevention. Like I mentioned, my stretching routine, I do, um, Part of that is for the actual performance of jujitsu itself, but then all a uh, big part of that is also for injury prevention. So going back to these seven modifiable variables, which is really cool. I'm not going to go too deep into this because like I said, I want to do a separate episode on each of these three pillars. So these are going to be, uh, the first three are rest between reps, your volume and your intensity. So that's kind of like the three and they all play together because, you know, more intensity maybe means less volume and less rest between reps maybe means less volume. And so all those three kind of tie together. And then uh, four is progression, five is frequency, six is order and seven is choice. So exercise choice. So those are things, those are seven modifiable variables that you can think of. Uh, like I said, not going to go too much into details, but basically the first pillar is as overall concept, how are you moving your body on a day-to-day -day basis in order to maintain and hopefully be striving for more? So moving on to the next pillar, this is your nutrition and your diet. The idea is basically what are you putting into your body? What fuel are you giving it? Um, you know, we are animals, but uh, we can also think of ourselves in machines in, in some ways. And in the same way, like if you give bullshit fuel or you you know, piss in a gas tank, it's not going to run well. You know, if you don't change the oil of a car, it's not going to run well because you're not giving it the proper fuel that it needs. And our body functions the same way. If you're trying to operate at, we'll say a high level, or you're just wanting to operate in a normal level day to day and wanting to feel good, well, you can't be putting like garbage in, you know, garbage in, garbage out. So what do you expect if you're not giving your body the fuel it needs? How can you expect to feel good and clear headed and ready to take on your day? So in terms of the variables that make up nutrition and, and diet, I'm talking about food, carbs, fats, proteins. Uh, something that I really want to get into is meat-based versus plant-based. I'm seeing the whole plant-based thing get pushed so much lately, uh, especially in the past few years. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that. If people have you know, done their experimentation and they feel better on a plant-based diet, you know, God bless them, go for it. But I just don't think that is really how the human body is designed. Not going to get into it too much, but um, yeah, I really am not a fan of how meat has been demonized recently. I think there's definitely been a lot of pushback with that, pushback to that with people going on carnivore and this, that, this, that, and the other. But you can really see the reactions to the carnivore diet and how um, how upset people get about that. And that really kind of gives you an eye into like, you know, like what is the deal with this and why are people getting so into it? So same as with the movement. It's going to be a learning process for me making these podcasts and trying not to sound like a dumbass. So that's going to be a good and I'll be able to hopefully uh, deliver some good stuff on my episode on this pillar of nutrition and diet. Uh, dairy, also, that's something I want to get into. And then optimal hydration, which is probably going to vary a lot depending on the person. But um, what is optimal hydration? Because we all know you need to drink enough. But how much is enough? How much is too much? And how can we make sure that we fall into that? Um, as someone who in jujitsu, I might go in and easily sweat out a pound to two pounds every morning. It's something that I'm very conscious of, of trying to feel my body, uh, trying to refuel my body because, uh, once again, using that car oil analogy, it's like, sure. If, if, if you're not giving, if there's not even enough oil in the car, it's going to have, you know, there's going to be major symptoms with that. 
And finally, moving on to the third pillar, and that's the rest and recovery. The biggest one that I think just just be mentioned right off the bat is sleep. Uh, I'll do more. I'll do more research on it, but I think you know, for the vast majority of us, seven to eight plus hours of sleep is really good for women. From what I understand, it can be even more. But if you're not getting your adequate sleep, it's really just you know, you're just, uh, you're just pushing your body. And then that really leads into my next thing of overtraining that I think, you know, for the average everyday person, probably not something they're concerned with, you know, they're just really pushing to get into the gym, but for other people, definitely I fall into this category in terms of jujitsu. I would train every day if I could, I just love it. It's, 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 you know, one, it's one of my passions and hobbies. So, uh, that is something that I have to watch out for of like, Am I training too much? Because you don't want to be training if you're not even getting any benefit from it. Or what's very probable is you're actually going backwards. So that's going to be an aspect of that. Also, rolling out, stretching, flexibility. Like I said before, there's going to be some overlap in between these 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 pillars. Because um, someone might say, like, oh, stretching, you're you're moving. That's that. Yeah. But if you're if you're stretching your body with the intent of recovering, you know, it also falls into that. So um, yeah, that's that's another aspect of that. Talking about cold ice, um, cold therapy, uh, cold showers, ice plunges, stuff like that. We've been uh, been coming to been becoming very, very popular recently. It's becoming I would hesitate to call it a fad because people have been doing it for a long time, but certainly come onto the scene and become a, a lot more popular recently. Uh, hot sauna, same same idea, cold therapy, hot therapy. There's people doing like infrared light. Um, not as familiar with that, but yeah, basically that idea. And then another thing that I really wanted to stretch more from personal experience, uh, a big part of rest and recovery is monitoring, monitoring yourself and being in contact with your body because you have to feel and be honest when you really need time off and whenever you're really just feeling lazy. And I think every, every athlete, everybody that trains has that balance. And that's really a time thing you have to put in. I mean, I've been training uh, for, let's just say 10 plus years since I was in high school and you have to put in that time to know like, okay, is this pain in my knee? Is that just like a, is this an injury pain? Do I need to take time off? Or is this like a, okay, it's injured, but I can still train through it and it's fine. Maybe it hurts, but I need to train to make sure it's going through its full range of motion. Or maybe it's like, okay, this muscle hurts, but I'm still fine to train. And these are all like, no one can, no, no one can explain that feeling to you. You just have to put in the time. You're going to get injured. That's, that's just the reality of things. You're going to get hurt. You're going to get injured. Uh, that's life. You know, you're going to make mistakes, better, yada, yada, but you need to go through and do all these iterations so you can learn and know your body. Because out of all these pillars that I, the, the end concept that I would stress to people is like, it's your body. So you need to know what works best for you and whatever movement that is, whatever diet that is, and whatever type of rest and recovery that is, that's going to be up to you to experiment and find the best for you. This is basically just my idea of how I break things down and where I can categorize things so I can make sense of all this tons and tons of information that we get. So the last thing I just wanted to cover, uh, my last point on rest recovery is active recovery. And so that'll be like moving your body in a lighter way to get the blood flow moving. I think that, you know, as animals, as developed humans, we've been moving for 
millions, thousands of years, you need to move your body. That's a really essential thing. If you're feeling sore, if you're feeling injured, same thing I said, sometimes you need to, you need to move your body through the range of motion. I'm touching my elbow because that's something I've been going through recently. Got a, a elbow injury in a tournament a month ago. And I've really just been making sure to, to take it through its full range of motion, because if you don't, you're going to end up like these people, they stop moving through the full range of motion. And then it becomes almost cemented in their mind body connection of like, Oh, I can't do that range of motion. But really, it's just they stop doing that range of motion, and so your body responds. So that's basically going to be it for this episode. I don't think it was too long, but yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm going to want to do a deeper dive into each three of these pillars. But this is just a very, very simple method of categorizing uh, ideas, concepts, and where you can put things into buckets in terms of your health, because there might be something that comes in that says like, oh, you need to do this to recover. Well, now you can say like, oh, okay, well, this isn't related to necessarily what I'm putting into my body. This is going to be more in like the, the recovery category. It's an oversimplification, of course, and there's gonna be overlap. Some things, they may not fall into any of these categories, but I think it's something that has really helped me and my approach to life and how I can structure my day and living in a healthy way that is, not uh just makes sense of the information so i don't know if it's going to help everyone but i think some people will benefit from having this outlook on stuff and you now at the end of the day that's what this podcast is about if i can make a 20 minute episode and it helps out five people a little bit with their health and their approach to life well that's awesome so that'll be it for this episode guys really appreciate everyone that's tuning in and uh yeah just i'm just going to keep plugging away my goal at this point is not so many viewers or followers per se. Obviously, I track the statistics and it's great. And I'm a numbers guy, so I really enjoy that aspect of it. But what I realized is, and this is something from Jesse Itzler. It, he mentioned that on the Apple podcasts, uh, Apple, whatever, I think out of like 2 million podcasts, 500,000 of them, like a quarter of them, don't even get past the first episode. So at this point, I'm just shooting for a certain number of episodes. So at this point, it's basically like I'm on the journey to get to get to 100 episodes. And out of that, you know, the community, the people, the viewers, the followers, the people that are interested, it'll follow from there. So just putting in that time, putting in uh, putting in the work, just like just like anything. And yeah, I appreciate uh, appreciate anyone that's following along following along. And it's a learning process for me too. So take care, guys. Ciao.